29th, the end of 2020. We are here. What an interesting year it has been. Um, this podcast has helped me, you know, stay sane, stay productive. Has helped me with a lot of different things. Hopefully, if you've been listening all year, you could say the same. And we got an interesting guy today on the pod to wrap up the year. John Middlecoff. Mr. Middlecoff, you may have heard of him. He's quite the name in the sports media world. And I actually have listened to him over the past couple years consistently for a while. Uh, so it was great to talk to him, shoot the shit about life, football, uh, the media, working for yourself, hobbies, just the way he thinks. It's interesting. Really funny guy. Um, and who'd have thought I would have you know, been talking to him on my own podcast? This is what creating does. Opens interesting doors. Creak! The doors are opening. You hear them. But hopefully you enjoy it. Mr. Middlecoff's a hoot. I like to think I'm a hoot. Two hoots and one high. Two hoot. What a time. Enjoy. Home of the Vikings, John Middlecoff, my guest, knows this. He's an NFL guy. John, how we doing? Are you stuck on the road right now? <laughs> He's making fun of me because I'm in my car right now, my good old Ford Fusion. Uh, I see you're in the, you know, the Oval Office you got here, John. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, it's not quite. I just went swimming. It did, I don't know if it's quite as cold here as it is there. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm assuming you're in, uh, you in California. I know you're in. Nine. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually is pretty cold here. It's probably like high forties, low fifties. Jesus. Okay. That's pretty cold for California. What do you, what's it at where you at? Oh man. I think it's about, it's actually, honestly, probably thirties. Um, not quite playoff weather. You know, you're not going to bust out Derrick Henry, run them down the other team's throat yet, but I mean, we're getting there. So, um, but yeah, John, um, I just kind of wanted you to dive into your story right away for the listeners that may not know who you are. Um, I listen to this guy all the time. He's hilarious. He's a hoot. Um, you're, are you with FS1 or what's the deal there? No, I just, I, I, uh, I guess I'm partners with Colin on uh, a podcast and then I have a bunch of other stuff going on, but yeah, I, I basically work for myself, I guess you'd call it or partner with other people is the way uh the way it kind of works contractually got it got it so i know you started as an nfl scout with philly i don't know if that was your starting point um but i guess how how did you start out how did you get to where you are point a to point b yeah i mean like most people i graduated high school went to college uh love sports wanted to work in it um uh, you know don't know how i didn't know anybody so like probably most people in college, I started taking normal job internships. Like I had a internship at uh, Morgan Stanley, I think my sophomore year in college. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is going to be, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. The irony is now I kind of like trading stocks, but I couldn't just sit in an office, you know, and do that all day. And so I got back involved with the athletic department at Cal Poly. It's a smaller school. Guys like Chris Gokong and Ramsey's Barton, and we we've produced a couple pros, but it's D one double A, which I think really helped. You know, I was able to. It's not like at Alabama or at USC or Texas where it's probably really hard to get involved. I uh, I kind of went right up to the AD and the and the coaching staff and was just able to start doing stuff. And by my senior year, I was helping them out of practice, helping them out in recruiting. Uh, 
Uh, I got an internship in the fall. I guess that would have been 07 with the Kansas City Chiefs when Herm Edwards was there, but it was like in business. It was like selling. And I, I kind of got to know a couple guys on the coaching staff and started helping them out at night. And I just, it was something that I wanted to do. So I got it from there. My cousin had played football at Fresno State in like uh, the mid 2000s for Coach Hill. And uh, so I went to visit him, I think during spring break. And I met their recruiting coordinator, Drew Hill, who's actually now Lincoln Riley's guy. And I just talked to him. I told him what I wanted to do. They actually had a graduate assistant job in recruiting. So right when I graduated from Cal Poly in 2008, I went right to Fresno State and worked in recruiting for a couple of years. And basically what a, what a GA is, you hear it a lot with coaches. They work on the staff and they pay you in a scholarship. So I was just paid like a player, the equivalent. They pay for your housing. They pay for your school. Uh, but as a coach, I wasn't, a, I wasn't on the field coach. I was a recruit in recruiting. So I worked on everything from picking recruits up to going through the film, to organizing recruiting meetings, to helping with the travel. But again, like Fresno state, it's a lot bigger than Cal Poly. Cause it was division one. And, you know, we were playing Wisconsin and, uh, who else did we play? Cincinnati played, uh, played some big teams. I remember going to Wisconsin. It was fucking awesome. You know, it was so sweet. They had like, that team had like JJ Watt and Shaughnessy. Uh, I forget that Bielema was the coach. It might've been like his first year, maybe second year. I mean, JJ Watt was not, that was like his first year in the program. Uh, they had other bigger players, but th that was just, that was badass. And, uh, but like I said, it wasn't, you know, like Texas or Oklahoma or Alabama where I was just able to do a lot. And I got to know a lot of scouts coming through. And by my second year, Ryan Matthews was a junior. And he ended up going like top 15. So whenever you have a, you know, a first round pick, uh, especially like a top potential, like top 10 pick, you just get so many GMs and people coming through. And I was in charge of helping them out. And then uh, Pat Hill had knew Andy Reid. I mean, he knew a lot of NFL people. And I knew I wanted to get into that. And I told him toward the end, and he started helping me out and he called Andy Reid and helped me get an interview. And then I got a job and worked for the Eagles for, you know, three years in the office for a couple and then on the road for one coming back to the West coast and kind of doing college scouting. That's right. I was just going to say, I completely forgot. Um, you know, I'm a millennial like myself, Andy Reid, of course, went to the Super Bowl Philly. I was just thinking of the chiefs, Andy Reid, but you know, he was, uh, he was the guy in Philly for a while. So I completely forgot that tie. Even though we, we actually lot my first year there, the year the Packers won the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, but uh, in 2010, they beat us, you know, in the in the playoff game in Philadelphia with Michael Vick. So that was, uh, that was yeah. a short-lived playoff run. The uh, the Tremont Williams pick sealed it, right? I yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, James Starks had a ran for like 150 yards. James Jones had a touchdown. They were uh, they were pretty good. Aaron Rodgers was not Aaron Rodgers then. I mean, it was clear he was really good, but he was not like superstar four or five years later. It was like, God damn. And once he – that was the year he clearly never looked back. But that right. team uh, – the irony is they probably had better teams the next two or three years than that team, right? I mean, the next year they went 15-1, and one, and that was the year Eli beat them. But he definitely – to me, their team's like 11, 12, 13, 14, probably better than that 10 team. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I saw so I'm a Packer guy and it's it's kind of painful to remember. I mean, I can memorize every single playoff loss from 2010 to now and hopefully not soon this year. But 
I mean, yeah, that's the beauty of the sport. You just never know what's going to happen. They, they, um, they, what one thing against us when I was in Philly, we were kind of softer team offense and the Packers match up well against softer teams. Cause they'll, they're like the golden state warriors. They don't mind. Okay. We'll score. Let's get in a shootout. Like the chiefs, the chiefs are the better version. Cause they got a good defense. That's why the Harbaugh Niners always kick their ass because the Niners were like a heavyweight fighter and it kind of threw the Packers off, you know, and they yep. could run it down their throat. Well, and that's what you saw last year, uh, two times in San Fran. We just got our ass kicked up front and I'm hoping yeah. this year is different, but. You just got to look at the NFC. There, there isn't really that team, you know, to right. really, it's a bad matchup. Like the Niners, the Packers last year were a better version of Minnesota, but they were the same team, you know, offense, their defense, you know, the offensive line was weak. So if you could just throw them around, you get after the quarterback uh, and defensively, you could just run right down their throat. But like the Saints, not really the Rams kind of, but their quarterback sucks. Seattle's not really a running team. You'd argue this is going to be as good of a year as they've had, like with a direct path to the Super Bowl of the last decade, you know? Right. Well, and it scares me because, I mean, the Bucs have a formidable front seven. And obviously that's probably that's probably their worst matchup, you know, yeah. just because they, they are kind of built like some of those Harbaugh teams. Right. They don't probably run it as much because Arians, but their defense is if it plays well is legit. Yes. Well, they already kicked our ass in Tampa. So, holy, uh, I, I know. don't see them. And, and Brady's good in the cold. So it's like you put him at Lambeau. It's not like Brady's going to be freezing. I mean, that's like his – he loves that weather. No, no, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I think Brady's been there one time, right? I think it was 2014 when we lost to Seattle. And he played well. Him and Gronk played well. We won, but I, I don't want to see Brady in the playoffs. That's all I know. Yeah. And I say, like, I'm like a scout like you were. I'm not part of the team. I mean, I'm a shareholder, of course, you know. But that's uh, – no, no, Never forget the, fa the fans make football go round. Without fan, without people watching, there is no there is no money. There's no game. There's no everything. Like it's, I think people in the media forget that sometimes they love like talking down to the fan. The fans make everything go, and people are like, oh, the media, the rights deals for TV. Do you know why TV is willing to pay so much money? Because there's a lot of people watching. It's like, why do you think Howard Stern makes a hundred million dollars a year? Because he got a lot of people listening. Like this isn't. It's a basic business model. Like you need a lot of people to watch, and then you make a lot of money. Like that's you take away all the fans. I, I mean, I don't even think football exists, you know, I mean, well, definitely the, the costs and everything are so high, like fans make this thing go. Well, and you had a rant the other day about the NBA and how there's a bubble, you know, burst coming because I mean, these NBA players, like you're saying, giant contracts, mega contracts, but is the viewership there? I don't, I don't know if it's going up. Well, it's going down, right? right? So it's like you're paying all this money to all these guys and like Giannis gets paid, right? He's worth it. But, like, if the league is not healthy, you can't be paying $40, $50 million. Because it's not just Giannis getting this money. Like, a lot of players are getting huge money. Markel Fultz just got $60 million. I know. In the, in the NFL, someone uh, – I had an NBA coach text me last night. He's like, uh, he's like, Luke Kennard got more money than Trent Williams will get this offseason. And it's like that. Now, there are way more players in the NFL. It's a much more – like, to me, the NFL model is healthier right? It's, you don't get stuck with crazy contracts. Truly the only guy that gets paid huge money is like an Aaron Rodgers. But as we've seen, like the Niners are a good example. You're only as good as your quarterback. We've seen it before when Rodgers got hurt with the collarbone. Like it's like you're done. And that's just the nature of the sport. If your starting quarterback goes down, especially if he's good, your, your team, no matter how good your team is, your season's just fucking over.
Right. And that's uh, it's an interesting point because, you know, Rogers collarbone snaps. Um, he's done. Nobody's watching the Packers anymore. The NFL is not bringing in enough money on those games. And that's where I assume they started thinking we got to protect the quarterbacks. The Rogers rule is enacted, right? Yeah. I think, I think Rogers, I think it really started with Tom when Tom got his knee hurt after he threw 50 touchdowns, won the MVP they, and they became like, kind of like uh, the Jordan bulls that year. Because everyone, a lot of people hated him, but like hate, having a team to hate is good. Like I, I do think you feel the Patriots not being the Patriots kind of hurts the league because they're they're everyone's villain, even if they're not as good. Like last year they lost in the first round, but everyone kind of hates them because they're jealous of them, right? And now it's just like Brady and Belichick go their own separate ways. They're not like as hateable by themselves. It's like Belichick's is good, but his team kind of sucks, and Tom's in Tampa. It's like it's just not the same. And I think the NFL, they're going to need a villain, but I, it's just like Kansas City is going to be the best team, but Andy's so likable. No one's going to hate him. And Mahomes, I don't really know who that that is. You know, they're, they're going to need like Justin Herbert to start talking a lot of shit to people. I don't know. They're going to need something because well, they, they just, they're missing that. Herbert's haircut's a good start for him becoming a villain. What the hell? He had great hair and now he's I like, know. what the hell is that? Also, uh, Juju, his TikTok dances. I think Pittsburgh's villainizing themselves. What the hell's going on in Pittsburgh? Yeah, but he won't even be on the team. They're, they'll get rid of him. You, you know? think so? Well, he's. I think he's a free agent. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just they, they just produce wide receivers. To me, if you're going to do the TikTok dances, like that is just when I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think that. And you can't be doing TikTok dances on the road on their logo against one of the worst teams in the league and then get one. He got blown up in the game. It's just. When I think Mike Tomlin, I don't think TikTok dances. Or Roethlisberger. I mean, what is Roethlisberger thinking looking at that shit? Yeah. Um, but no, going back to – so you said, you know, you started at a – it's not a mid-major, but it's not in Oklahoma. It's not a Texas. Um, and obviously opportunities came your way in that sense because you get to do more, much like, a, you know, like a smaller company, um, unlike corporate America where you're just kind of a cog. Did that kind of click in your head? When did you have that aha moment where you were like, damn, like I could really, you know, make some – make, make a good living doing this. Cause I'm getting these opportunities early. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've always believed like in myself, but once you're around it, you kind of see what, like the steps you need to take and where you want to go. Uh, I think working for at Fresno state and seeing like at the time coaches started making a lot more money and you start realizing there's a lot of money in this. You could have like a legitimate life seeing the scouts come through. Uh, but definitely once I got to the NFL, you just saw the power of it and uh, the business aspect of it. And it was pretty clear. Like there's not like a direct path. I don't think to anything in life, like whether you want to be a CEO, whether you want to be a head coach, like th th you can meet 10 people and they all went 10 different routes. But you see, once you're around people that are at the highest level, you know, whether it's Andy Reid or Howie Roseman or whether it's spending time with Colin, you kind of realize like they're just humans. <laughs> you know, if you, once you have normal conversations with them, you're like, you know, they, they put on clothes the same way you do. They eat the same meals you do. Like it's, it is attainable where they got, you know, and I think especially like those guys, for example, started at the bottom. So when you meet people that you just go, well, just take some time. You just grind, you work, you try to be different. You try to be smart about it. And, you know, there's probably not a better place, you know, I, I mean, I can only speak for America, but it's like you really can do whatever you want, right? Whatever idea you have right now, 
if you mow lawns, like you can start marketing on Facebook, you can get on YouTube. I mean, you can just, it's never been easier to like, you don't need to like pay the newspaper to like get your word out. Right. There's just so many different avenues. There is no excuse to me in 2020 to do whatever you want to do or any idea that you have to at least try it. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but it's like, it's, it's easy to get in front of people that I think quote unquote, were like unattainable. Right. Even on just social media and stuff. Well, I mean, I just small scale example, but I mean, I, I shot you a DM and I listen to you every day. Seriously. And I mean, here we are just shoot the shit about some football. I think social media and the internet obviously makes everybody very accessible. And I mean, I'm assuming, is that how you got in contact? How'd you get in contact with Colin? I guess. Yeah. I think Twitter. I met him through Twitter. He, I mean, at ESPN, Lewis Riddick and guys that were working there that he was interviewing and stuff, uh, you know, mutual friends and stuff. And he, I think he's known Andy Reid for a long time since he started working at ESPN. Him and Andy have been friends. So it's like if he did a little like, who is this guy? And I'm sure he looked and then he started following me and we started DMing me and then we just kind of built a relationship over time. What is your take on uh, kind of utilizing Twitter, Instagram? Are you on all those social platforms or? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm on them all. I'm going to get, try to get more involved in YouTube over the next, I think that's really where things are going video wise. I mean, I, I use Twitter. I, I hate it more and more every day. It's just so negative and uh, so negative. Yeah. And it's just, I, I like Instagram a lot more, you know, and I, I, I really use it like it's kind of my email with people that listen to the show, you know, and, but it's not, but it's really more like text, you know, a DM, like you just have a conversation. Um, I like Instagram a lot more, but Twitter, like I just have a bigger following there. I have more access. Like I, I use that too for business to DM businesses, uh, to DM just people that, you know, whether it's some NFL players that we follow each other, if I have questions or people in the media for questions, you know, I, I utilize it more for that stuff now than like, you know, living and dying. I, I still probably spend too much time on it just because I never want to miss anything, but it's just the, the negativity on it is, especially in 2020, can be draining. Well, I mean, with all this lockdown stuff, I think we have similar views on it. I mean, there's a lot of negative negativity going on and man, we don't even know what's true anymore almost sometimes. Right? I know that's, that's where it's like, I, I've had a hard time in 2020 with a lot of people in the media that are so that promote lockdowns are okay with it. Like they get to work, they get to get paid. And they, they basically tell other people you can't work, but I can. And it's just, that's the type mindset in that is just, let's face it made the media. I mean, splintered. them. I mean, I, I think I know just a lot of people that just think it's just a clown show, sports media, mainstream media, political media. It's not even about having a side left or right or whatever. It's just like, you guys are just kind of frauds, you know? We're not taking away any of your money because if we did, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be cool with that. You wouldn't be doing this, no way, right? And I and I I think that's like people like you're in the media. Like I I don't really view that. I, I don't have anything in common with these people. I just I have some opinions. I sell them. Like I I don't know. I mean I I don't I don't go to games and sit. Any I mean I have before, but I, I I won't be doing it, and I haven't done it in years. Like sit in the media center. Like I just that, that's just an area that I don't know, man. I just. I think we saw their true colors this year and it just does. It just, it honestly kind of disgusted me. Like, do you not know normal people out there that are just trying to survive? You know, I right. just went to a gym 
my gym it basically had to put all the equipment outside and you know they're they employ a ton of people and clearly they have to cut their staff back it's like it's christmas time it's it sucks and if you just oh we gotta lock it down then like you just don't know normal people you know no and I, my thing is if you're you know willing to take a rest go out and live your life then you should be allowed to do that well and the, to me the businesses are the only people truly following the rules I know in California, we've seen politicians, they don't give a shit, where you haven't been able to go to a business, at least in California, without masks required. Like, they don't let you walk in. It's been that way for nine months. So this notion, the other thing that pisses me off about, like, California, is, like, no one's wearing masks. Literally, I think I saw a stat that, like, 99% of people are wearing the masks. Like, no, our cases are rising. Like, people are following the rules. Like, so it's like, stop pointing at that, because that ain't the reason. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, we got the almighty vaccine, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, let's see. I mean, I know you have a tight window here. A couple last questions. So you said YouTube's the future. You see yourself going that route, that kind of your idea, your ideal idea for business expansion, really? Yeah. I mean, but things change so fast. I mean, you you never know. Right. I mean, I, I I think video and just people, the way people consume stuff is just going to consistently change because video on your television now is so accessible right? People have YouTube TV, people cut the cord, people use the internet through their television or their monitor or, you know, their laptops that are sitting on their couch or their tablet. So I, I just think being accessible, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, whether it's whatever the next Instagram is, that just people are on. Wherever people are, it's where you want to be. And YouTube is owned by Google. Obviously, Google's the number one search engine. Well, YouTube's number two. So it's like you just want to be in the is places it? where people are. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Okay. And then here's another one. I got it's, it's why It's why Google has all this money. You know? I mean, yeah, they're They're not locked down. No Google guys are no. locked down. They're well, not, not in Silicon Valley. They've been rocking and rolling. Historic profits. Of course. Of course. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where the Niners get this new stadium. Of course, you know, you're, you're, you're experiencing the benefits as a fan, but um, here's another one for you. So obviously you're, you know, a sell, you work for yourself. Um, you're in the entertainment industry. You're a podcast guy, all that. Um, obviously we'll look at it, um, as a basketball player, you're in the gym, you're working hard on your craft, shooting free throws, dribbling, lifting weights. What do you do? Do you do, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you become such a good speaker? What do you do to improve your podcast in a nutshell? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think you're just always thinking for ideas, different angles, uh, unique angles. <clears throat> I, I think luckily I, I just naturally think a lot different. And this is a huge, it's why, you know, Colin to me is like the best r- sports talk radio guy I've ever heard. He thinks about things so differently than everyone else. It's why I've never met anyone that listens to Colin, whether they're 20 years old or they're like 60 years old that you go, you meet the guy and that guy's usually successful. Like he has, his listenership is very smart. Really? Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think like he has unique, because he has unique takes. It's not just like, you know, he should have stole third base or, you know, he didn't get the first down. Like that's just, that to me is just meathead first take. Like they're just having a lower end consumer. And I like, I don't want, like, I don't, I don't, if you can, I think about sports like that too sometimes, but if I, for in terms of my podcast, anything I do, I just try to think like uh, take the next step with it. And, you know, I mean, business and, just I, most of my friends, like I don't know people in media if it wasn't for Twitter. Like my friends work a construction job. They sell, you know, my brother works in farming. I have family that works in the beer business, you know? So it's like I, things I talk about with them besides just football 
are not like media stuff. So it, maybe that helps that I just don't think about anything like media people think about. I think about it more like normal people. Like my friends are just normal people, you know, that work normal jo sales jobs, right? And just, I think a lot of people in media, they just kind of keep their little media circle and it just gets this group think and you don't expand yourself. Well, I think Colin's always talked about, like most of his friends, like he ain't just hanging out with media people. And I think that helps just talking, like most people talk about when you get out, most people talk about what they do at work, right? When you're sitting out there having beers, like what's going on? You can just hear different stories and get different thoughts. I think it's really helped in these last four or five years when you control the revenue coming in, even if it's not like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, you just see things from a different lens. And I think that's definitely changed, helped me understand this lockdown thing. And I, I really think Dave Portnoy, Barstool, why they've become so big is he thinks of things and talks about things that normal people do and the media no longer does. And that to me, and I tell people all the time when they want to get into podcasting or whatever, like just be authentic and don't, don't try to copy everything that's going on on social media. Cause I got news for you. Most of that stuff's failing. Like people aren't listening to that crap, no. you know? So it's just, don't try to be like, follow those people because it's not a successful path. No. And I think, I think you and Colin are obviously very different, but I think going back to the way Colin thinks, you two both are very good with uh, kind of metaphorical thinking, bringing, you know, like everyday life to sports in a sense. Uh, yeah. You kind of get that from him, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think about it like that because of him. And then I just c try to come up with the ideas. Like if I see something and I like it, like I'll write it down, shoot myself an email. I do a lot of that. So like, you know, if I'm sitting on my couch at like nine o'clock at night watching TV, and I see something that I go, whoa, that could be a connect to that. I'll, I'll shoot myself an email because it's just it's human nature, right? It's why in football, they're big on like taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. Everywhere you got to go, you got to take notes. Well, now, again, like I, I'm not going to carry around a notepad with me, but I got my phone. So it's like I can just put it in a notepad. I shoot myself a lot of emails, even if it's just 10 lines, you know, 10 words, right? Just little things that make me think about it the next day. And then I can write it down. I did that last night. So that, that helps. And I also think just I try to do that with anything that I think of that. I don't want to forget because it's natural. Like I'm kind of a scatterbrain that you're just not going to be able to remember everything. Right. I mean, I mean, I feel like you think very quickly. You got a lot of thoughts going through your head, so you got to organize, right? At the yeah. End. I mean, it's my head is my biggest probably, uh, and I'm by no means am I some smart guy, but it's just always, it works in a weird way. You know? And you're doing stocks too. So I'm sure you're thinking of ideas like, oh shit, this might be popular in a few months. Where's the stock at? Exactly. And that's another thing. If I think if you think that way, like where are things going? And I, you got to think this is a big thing. Like when you do media stuff, like topics, you never want to really like, no one cares like a huge recap of what happened unless it's immediately after, like you watch the Packer game. Right. And you're going to, you're going to record something Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. People are like, what do you think of the game? What were those moments? But like by Monday, it's almost like, well, who's injured? Who's our next opponent? Where do we stand? You, you always got to be looking forward. And I think any person in business talks like that. I think coaches always talk like that. I try to think like that with the topics, right? Like the moment the Jets lose, well, what's really the topic? Is it just Trevor Lawrence is gone? Or now it's like, well, do they keep Sam Darnold? Or, well, could they trade him? What could they get? Like, how's it going to change? Now the Jags general manager job, did that just get a lot better? Instead of just like the Jets lose. Well, I mean, just the Jets lose, who get or winning, who cares, right? Right. And by the way, I thought of this today, just like the plot developing over time. I think the football gods kind of, they, they were do a win because of Greg Williams coaching malpractice as Michael Lombardi put it. 
calling that zero blitz in the Oakland game. I mean, that, they would have won that game. Well, they, they really could have won. I was thinking about this three games, right? They almost beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football when Flacco was playing well. They did. Wow. They easily could have beat the Raiders. And they just, I mean, they kind of kicked the Rams' ass. They, they, they could be three and whatever, three and 10, right? Or three and 11. They, they could be like the third pick because the Bengals, I guess the Bengals just won, so they got three wins. But they're actually not probably as bad as you think right? Once everyone, like all their receivers came back and Sam Darnold, and this is my thing, like maybe Sam Darnold, if you can't get Trevor Lawrence, like is Sam Darnold better than these other quarterbacks? If Sam Darnold was in this draft, would he be above all the other quarterbacks coming out of USC beside Trevor Lawrence? Like, I don't know. That's how to me, if you're the Jets, you got to think about it. Well, who do you got? You got Wilson, you got Fields. Is Wilson coming out this year? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, do you watch? I mean, he on we're talking on Wednesday. He played on Tuesday night. He threw like ten touchdowns. I mean, he was incredible. Yeah, he's a freak. I think he's going to be a surefire starter. Of course. I mean, honestly, he's got a little Rodgers to him. The way he kind of gallops hey, around right, and right, right. Jordan, I, I just mean Jordan Love doesn't. I, I just mean his style of just because Aaron is weird, right? He's he's so elite, but he's also kind of laissez-faire with his movements. But it's like so easy to him. And I think this year he's been a little more locked in because last year, even though his numbers look good, it did, the eye test wasn't as good as the numbers were this year. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Because he's, he's just a little more focused. And I think Zach Wilson, Aaron, I mean, he, Aaron wasn't like that in college. Like at, at Cal, he was very like in a strict regimented deal. And then I think he developed his own style those three years backing up. And then once he got his opportunity, he never left. Where I think a lot of guys have kind of copied him you know, Zach, like throwing different arm angles, kind of rolling, throwing it back. And I, I think he is kind of like a Steph Curry of football for a lot of the young, talented quarterbacks. They want to be like that, right? Well, Mahal, I'm not saying Rodgers is better than Mahomes right now because he's not. I think he's 1B to Mahomes 1A. But Mahomes, I mean, his playing style, you can see the derivatives of Rodgers. Yeah, I think he copied a lot of them for sure. Yeah. Not even cop, but just like you watch that and you go, well, I can do that. It works. Why, why wouldn't you try to do that? Like right. everyone copied Michael Jordan for 20 years. Exactly. I mean, you'd be yeah. dumb not to. Um, yeah. You see well, but there's a, the reality is there's only one like Mahomes, and I'd say Josh Allen a little bit too. Like they can just kind of make these throws. Most guys can't. Like Baker Mayfield can't, right? <laughs> oh, ba- Baker, Baker's looking decent, but no, he's no, he's been playing good. But he, but he has to play like his style of football. You know, you just have to learn whatever works for you, right? Like I saw Mahomes after they beat the Saints was like, you know, I idolized Drew Brees. And I think what he means, like, as I looked up to him is like how he went about his business, how focused he was, but their playing styles are nothing like each other. Right. But you can idolize like every story you like the teammate he is, how hard he worked, how ready he was for every game, how tough he is. But like as a player, they have nothing in common. Right. No. Besides being good, besides being good. Besides being good, a good quarterback. So top 10 quarterbacks, last question, hit it. In the NFL right now? In the NFL right now, if you are starting a team, um, it's an even playing field, got a decent line, decent weapons, and a coach that's capable. For one year or like a while? One year. I think you'd go Mahomes, Rodgers, and I think you could probably live with either. Like, I mean, you could easily take Rodgers one. Uh, Mahomes, Rodgers, Russ. I mean, I still have a lot of faith in Brady. I mean, I just think you saw him the other day, even against Atlanta, they're down, and he just kind of like, we ain't fucking losing this game. Turned it on. Yeah. And I, I'm just – I'm not betting against Brady. That's worse. If you're a Packer fan, you see him in like round bet. two. You see him in round two, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> even like they, they get Seattle in round one, I just think it's going to be – that's 
really you'd hope those two teams kind of separate so you can give both those two teams in round two with them, the Saints, the Bucks, and the Packers. Uh, so I'd take those four. I mean, the way Josh Allen is playing right now is just like he can play outside, he can play inside. He's just fantastic. Uh, I mean, Deshaun's team's so terrible, but he's pretty damn good. I had Deshaun. I did a little list. I had Deshaun five um, right in front of Kyler Lamar. What do you think about Kyler, actually? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kyler got hurt in that Thursday night game when they shipped, fell on his shoulder, and he hasn't quite been the same. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of his talent. I mean, he can run. He can fucking throw BBs. He's just really small, and the, you just wonder, like, can he just avoid hits? You know, even Lamar is just bigger, right? I mean, right. Lamar is just a way bigger version of Kyler. And I'm hard on Lamar just because you're holding him up to, like, MVP status, but he's still, relative to the rest of the league, like, way better than most guys. He just needs to find a way to consistently hit some of those big passes, then he'll be unstoppable. Because then he won't have to run as much. Then you can just run normal passes. Like, Kyler, to me, is a better passer than Lamar. Like, when the ball leaves Kyler's hands on a deep pass – you're kind of shocked when it doesn't hit the wide receiver. With Lamar, I expect it to be incomplete. And when it is, I'm like shocked. So I'd say Kyler is probably consistently a better passer down the field than Lamar. I don't know if the numbers back this up, but I just know when I'm watching the two of them, and if I'm betting against them or betting on them, I'm confident in one and not the other. But I enjoy watching both play. So I, I'd throw either easily those two guys in. Herbert's been fantastic. And it, it it looked like Joe Burrow was big time, right? Even on his crappy team and his line was terrible. But, God, he looked, I mean, as good as you can on an awful team. So, I'd probably throw him right in the mix. That'd probably be the, that'd probably be the group. So, let's see. Breeze is out of it. He's old. Yeah, Breeze is gone. Matty Ryan's gone. I mean, I just think Roethlisberger looks so old right now. That was tough to watch. It was. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cam stinks. Uh you said Cowboys. Goff sucks. I, I mean, da- I'd take Dak, but he's he's got a broken ankle. Goff stinks. Uh, where else we got? Saints. No, Tannehill. What about Tannehill? Yeah, he's he's been playing really good. I mean, he's he might just be a good player. You know, I, mean, yeah. I think the evidence is in. He might just be good. Well, Adam, so, yeah, he, Adam he'd Gaze, be a mix. You said he's her. like Al- he's like Alex Smith on the Chiefs on steroids. Like he's just bigger, bigger arm, a little bigger. Maybe there's similar height, but he feels a little thicker. He's he's just as fast. He's just he's just a playmaker. Like I don't think he'll ever be like a top five quarterback, but he's clearly like you go to the playoffs every year with a guy. Oh yeah. He'll get you there. He'll get you the there. Tit- the, tit- the Titans are good. You know, I mean Titans and the Colts, they're like opposite. The Colts defense is unreal and their offense is kind of hit or miss. The Titans offense is pretty unreal. Their defense is kind of hit or miss. If you combine those two teams, they can beat the Chiefs. Oh, I agree. I mean, the Colts get ground and pound. They're, uh, you know, they're in the trenches. They'll win that battle. Then the Titans got position players all over. Um, if Jonathan, if Jonathan Taylor comes on for, uh, for Indy, they they might make some hay in the playoffs because then they can pound the ball. You got Rivers on play action, and their defense just dominates. Yeah, and Frank Reich. I mean, great. That was one of the better games of the year. The Colts Packers. That sucked. MVS that fumble really tortured me but that was a great game weren't the pack weren't the packers kicking their ass and what was the first half score 21 wasn't like three, i believe no remember like rogers hit that pi at the end of the first half wasn't it 28 to 3 it might have been 28 to freaking 3 or 28 to 10 28 yeah, 14 tw- that's what it was that's what yeah it was 20 yeah it was 21 14 then he throws the hail mary at the end of the first half he gets the pi then they score yep. 
That was, that was a tough loss. Well, then uh, we literally ran six plays in the third quarter, two, three and outs, and then the rest of the time they just exposed us just running. That'd down. be the one question with the Packers, right? They lost the Colts. They've lost the Bucks. You know, it's like they, they have beat a lot of bad teams. Now they've taken care of business. It's what you got to do. But playoffs might not be as easy. It's not as crazy to think. Like they could just lose that first game in the round two, right? They're well, after the bye. They've I'm- lost it before. No, no, definitely. And I mean, even if an NFC East team comes out, uh, let's say it's Washington. I mean, they have a, a nasty defense. They could get after us. They could win the battle in the trenches. So I'm not counting anything as a win right away at all. Yeah. But damn. So, John, I know you got to run. Thank you for uh, coming on today. I told myself I was going to try to not talk too much football, but it's too hard. Uh, oh, I know. No so, problem, bro. Yeah. Thanks, man. Have a good day. And uh, everybody, thank you for another uh, another time. Full perception.